Hey, is this thing on? Spit on the microphone. Ha. Welcome to Successfully Screwed, a weekly podcast with Ashley Owens and Sarah Rosenberg. What the hell is this about? I don't even know where I'm starting. Is that where I'm starting? Well, this is about how business owners screw up. If you're a business owner, you know the definition of hard work, frustration, second guessing, imposter syndrome, and everything in between. And then you look around on social media or on CNBC and the success of others and you wonder, damn, when is that going to happen for me? Will it ever happen for me? The hell am I doing wrong? Hey, guess what? Everybody says that. There are a lot of other podcasts out there that are positively motivational. Those are cool because they give you those warm, fuzzy, woo-hoo feelings. But the Successfully Screwed podcast takes a different approach to kicking you in the pants, to kicking you in the ass, in an attempt to motivate you to hang in there and keep grinding. And how successful entrepreneurs overcome them because that is its own kind of motivation. We also give you that schadenfreude factor. God damn it. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Google it. Want to win some free things? Of course you do. You're an entrepreneur probably making nothing. However, if you'd like to win some free things from the guests of this podcast, make sure you hashtag I listened while sharing this episode. You could be in the running for free consultations, some great resources, free books, whatever our guest decides to bring on, you have the chance of winning. So make sure at the end of this podcast, you share it, hashtag I listened and the episode number. Sit back, relax, and wait every Sunday for the drawing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Successfully Screwed Podcast. I am Ashley Owens, your extrovert. And I'm Sarah Rosenberg, your introvert. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. And today we have Michelle McNabb of m and Marketing and Events. So we're super happy to have Michelle on the show today. She runs some fantastic corporate events, and she runs her own bridal academy. Now, she explained it to me as, a, you know, when you're a bride, putting the bridal thing together. Well, she works with the DIY bride and she makes sure that, you know, you don't lose your mind. You can be a DIY bride, but you can't be the coordinator on the same day. So she has this bridal academy set up where she actually teaches brides how to make their time the most efficient. It's actually quite fascinating. And I'm really upset that you weren't here for my wedding last year because I will never plan my own wedding again. On the other end, you also have her with the corporate events. And let me tell you, she is more OCD than Sarah and I combined which makes for a perfect <laughs> event coordinator. And that's the kind of person you need. But her smile is definitely the biggest thing that people notice about her. And so welcome, Michelle, to the show from m and Marketing. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. Really excited for this episode. Beautiful. Yeah. Sarah, tell me about all the things that are happening in your life today. Let's talk about low points because that's why we're here. That's right. right. So um, crazy week. My kids are done with school. We've been running around with all of that and attempting to entertain them. And right in the middle of all of it, guess what? I had a full-blown panic attack. (gasps) Yay! It was horribly amazing. And I get the kind of panic attacks that feel like heart attacks. My tongue goes numb and my jaw hurts and my chest is terrible. And I I don't like taking medication, but I had, and, and my husband hides the medication. So I had to call him and scream at him and yell at him and ask him where it was and to give it to me. And so I took um, and I took an Ativan, uh, which is prescribed to me. It's not anyone else's. It's mine. And it knocked me out for the entire day and a half after. And how do you feel now? I feel fine now, but it was beating myself up and um, 
being annoyed that I couldn't do what I needed to do and setting me back a couple of days. But I think the lesson there as anyone who has mental health issues is that you have to give yourself a break sometimes and you have to stop and you have to regroup and you just have to live with that. So that was my little point of the week. I think if anybody has taught anybody by anything, Sarah, you're a big advocate for mental health. And I think I'm taking a page out of your book and making sure that I do that every week. So thank you for that. So yeah, so my low point of the week is I went on a mini vacation this week, um, which is unheard of for me because I hate taking vacations and not being around during school days. So my husband had a conference in Vegas and I thought I would love Vegas and I could not relax. So the low point was realizing that, that I need to prep better before I go away on vacation, but I also need to also let go. As much as I love my job, as much as I love my career, letting go is probably the best thing I could have done to just relax. But it took until about day three or four to kind of really release. So- um, And then it's time to come home. And then you get a pack, an exhausting experience. But yeah, but I think very much to your point, mental health is a big deal. And I think having those moments where you just, you know, take a step back and say, all right, what is going on? And really identify. But that was also a low point because you feel like you're not superhuman as much as you plan to be. Yeah, which annoys me. And I think actually um, I'm going to drop a question in our um, Facebook group and talk about entrepreneurs going on vacation because I think it's a struggle for a lot of people to just walk away. And and how do you do that? So that will be question of the week. Beautiful. And Michelle, what's your low point of the week? Uh, Low point of the week. It was a bittersweet. We sold our house out of state. That was exciting. But with that, I came to a huge realization which really took me to rebrand my whole self and my whole my low point in that was that I realized that I am no longer looking to brand other services other marketing services and I realized that because of some of the partnerships that I I had to make a very difficult decision this week and part ways with some strategic partners and third-party services because we were not seeing eye to eye or the deliveries were not happening and it was not it's not where I wanted to take my company it's not how I'm going to get to the next level through this week and through the transition out of state and finally getting to where I want to be physically in the nation but also where I want to go moving forward it, it was a very bittersweet making that decision to part ways partners. I think that happens to a lot of entrepreneurs, right? You you either hire people or you work together with people. And maybe at the time, it seems like a great idea to work together with them. It seems like your missions are aligned or whatever. Or sometimes as in a case with me and a business partner, the decision to partner up was made out of a little bit of desperation. So talk to us a little bit about maybe a specific without using names because we aren't interested in getting sued or anything like that. <laughs> Talk to us about sort of a specific instance where you had the red flag to say, all right, this relationship or this partnership is not going to work out. Getting started, Alan, you bring up a good point, you know, out of desperation. And it's a matter of trying new things and, you know, really expanding. And then it's like, well, you have to start somewhere. So I'll bring up a story when I was promoting more branding and website development. And I have a great working relationship actually with my best friend, she was also matron of honor. She's wonderful. And so I was kind of spoiled for the last, you know, seven years doing this. 
she has a baby. So then I started venturing out and was referred um, actually several other designers and web developers. And through that, I really didn't have a strong um, process to vet them out, ask for references, really check their portfolios. It was just like, oh my gosh, I have these projects and, and they have to get done. I'm just going to take that networking word of mouth as good as it may or may not be. And in the long run, um, on more than one occasion on the design side, it costed me more than just money in the bank because I'm not going to turn around and put that back on the client. It was not up to standard or not what we agreed upon. Then going back and starting to vet out, well, before I bring somebody on, have that communication up front with the client and let them know, hey, here's where we are with the design. I'm vetting out. I want to make sure that we're using the right people instead of just handing off the project. And how did that make you feel in that process? I mean, I know it's very strategic on how, you know, you've been able to vet through it, but how did it actually make you feel? Horrible, 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 incompetent, which is probably the best word that I can describe that. And I haven't felt that, you know, when I was in corporate and I kind of had the projects, what I had my assignments there. Well, being an entrepreneur, it falls back on you. And for for that low point, feeling that incompetence, really, it sucks <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And being in corporate, you're being told what to do. You know, you have that security. You're being essentially being told what to do. And now you've got to create a whole process for yourself. So, right. you know, hold, holding yourself accountable, you can do it. But, like, there's no structure unless it's coming from, um, unless it was built beforehand, which can kind of leave you feeling a little out of control. No, I get that. What do you think, Sarah? And I think also in corporate, you know, whether or not someone pulls through, you're still getting a paycheck, right? When it's your business, you are kind of that buffer between your client and your subcontractor or whatever the relationship is. And you eat that. Absolutely. if If you care about your clients, you eat that situation. It's annoying, but you have to do it because it's your responsibility. So let's take a break here. When we come back, I would love to talk to you about how you were able to pre-qualify those people that you work with and sort of what you look for um, when you're working with people to go into partnership or a subcontracting situation. This episode is sponsored by Your Web Chick. Bonnie Clayton will provide you with website design, maintenance, and support for all small businesses with a specialty in WordPress. To further support that web presence, she offers social media education and integration as well as email marketing assistance. Listen guys, you want to use Bonnie. She's the best for all your website needs. And welcome back to the Successfully Screwed Podcast with your extrovert Ashley Owens. And your introvert Sarah Rosenberg. We're so happy to have Michelle McNabb on the call slash podcast slash Zoom call today. So happy to have you here, Michelle. So what we were talking about previous to the break was, you know, your low point. So um, I know Sarah wanted to kind of regroup on the next phase of this questioning, but, you know, I really kind of want to make it known that everybody has those moments where, you know, you kind of figure out where your value is. 
And one of the things that I know that I struggled with was figuring out where am I valuable and how much am I actually valuable? And I think when you start a business, it's because you've tried every other way, corporate, small business, nonprofit, and you fit in, but it, you, always, you always feel like there's something more that you could be doing. The ups and downs are exciting. They're crazy. They give you meltdowns. They make you take drugs. They make you do all these things. And so at the end of the day, it's, it's how- We do you, not endorse taking drugs. We do not endorse- no, Please see your doctor. Sarah, what were you, uh, what was your next question? So yeah, um, to kind of extend that, I think during the course of any entrepreneurial journey, you're meeting people, you're collaborating with people, you're partnering up with people, you're super excited. And it sounds, Michelle, like that was where you were at with your business. And without having a process around vetting the appropriate people, you get yourself into trouble. I mean, I know I had a partner in the past and the reason why I brought on a partner was because I hated selling. And his job was to um, be the face of Paramatch um, outside so I could just sit on my couch and, and do my scheduling and not worry about it. But it came from a position of fear and a position of not wanting to do something that I thought someone else was better at. And that didn't work out well at all. I guess talk to us about your process now and how you figured out how to recognize people that you can work with and vet the people that you don't want to work with. How does that work for you and how did you come to that? I'll refer, let's say, to the event world. Um, and because I know that world, I was able to kind of take the same structure, adopt it. So let's say that you're getting married, you're having an event, and you really want to use this venue and they have preferred vendors. Well, how do you even get there? How do you even get on that list? And typically it's not that easy. They have a process where if you bring in an outside vendor, so you're trying someone new, whether it's marketing events, whatever it may be, they're going to get a lot of handholding. That's still my client. I'm not passing on the baton. It's not a true 100% referral because it's still my relationship. And so typically in the event world, you have to prove themselves, you know, three to five events easily with that handholding process with up to my standards, with us saying, look, I'm going to make sure that this client is happy, that they're comfortable with you. And moving forward, you know, after three, five projects, seeing how they work, see how the client is happy, see how the outcomes come out. Then at that point, are they deservant? to be on that for list or is it safer and just part your ways? So that's kind of how it's done in the event world that I find. With the marketing world, same thing. It's a matter of, okay, you meet someone, let's try a couple projects together. This I am not entrusting you to call my client without me. I'm not passing on the buck. Um, I need to know your process. I need to know, let's work it together. And then at that point, it, they take care of them and take care of up to the standards. Then at that point, then I can refer and just let them do their, their service. <laughs> You know, do you set expectations in the beginning of those meetings? I mean, I know a lot of that, that it comes down to the sales process of meeting those expectations, setting those expectations and like following up in a way that allows them to say like, Hey, well, let's have a meeting next week. This is what the agenda is. This is what you and I both know. It's like an agreement. So is that something that you've kind of put into your process that makes this vetting a lot easier? Absolutely. And I've actually always had scope of work from day one. I mean, when I opened up, I had a lawyer help me out. She's amazing. And I said, I need a scope of work. I'm a project manager. I'm an event planner. And that helps me. I'm 
I'm pretty good at setting the expectations mm-hmm. and keeping the client in track, but also the vendor. And so either or, it's just as important to me to keep my creative team and I say creative team as in my strategic partners happy and taken care of and that we're not going out of scope because I've had, I've had clients take advantage of that scope of work and vice versa where the client is expecting something from the creative team. And so having that scope of work is my baby, like in any project and anything. And that doesn't mean that we can't revisit or have an addendum to the scope of work, but that if you're changing the terms and conditions, well, now you're changing timeline, pricing, expectations. And that's where I step in. Even if I'm not executing on the creative team, I step in on that, making sure we're staying to that scope of work and expectations. When we come back, Michelle, I would love for you to talk briefly about doing a deep dive, a self-assessment or a business self-assessment. Take us through that process for you a little bit, because one of the things we like to point out in the show is that self-reflection and always adjusting is a good thing, not a bad thing. And when we return, we're going to talk to Michelle about her deep dive, rapid fire questions, her resources, and her giveaway. Stay tuned after this commercial. This episode is sponsored by Failure Tales, the entrepreneur stories success is built on. Join us for a night of entrepreneur stories about failures, low points, and screw-ups. And more importantly, lessons learned, resilience, and good old-fashioned stick it to us. Have you ever hit a low point in your business? Do you have a business that failed? Did you make an impactful, supremely bad business decision that forced you to change courses? Please consider sharing your story. It will inspire others. Or just come out and learn and listen from other entrepreneurs who have made it work and lived to tell a tale. Come out on Tuesday, August 21st from 6 to 9 p.m. in Wayne, Pennsylvania. And welcome back to the Successfully Screwed podcast with Michelle McNabb, Ashley Owens, and Sarah Rosenberg. Oh, Sarah's here. Yay! Today, we were talking to Michelle about her successfully screw up. We wanted to come back and really talk to Michelle about your deep dive. So kind of take us through that process of how that self-reflection made you jump into a deeper dive of your business and how that revamp is now uh, going to be proven successful. I went through a transition. I recently moved out of state and it was a perfect excuse to say, wow, like I need a clean slate. Things are not kind of going in the direction that I thought that they were. So I reached out to someone that I went to college with quite some time ago. And what she's doing now is working specifically with consultants and entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. And initially I reached out to her a year ago because I was Uh, talking to solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, and that's not really my wheelhouse. I work with corporate. So I wanted to connect with her, understand her process. And she was still kind of in beta testing. And so I followed up with her. I said, wow, Brett, I know what you're doing. I really would love to do it for myself and really understand your process. She's amazing. I love how she takes any entrepreneur. She actually takes her personality test and she develops a marketing brand strategy solely on how you show up best in the world. Nice. And so it was really eye-opening because um, I've been contemplating, you know, I do some videos and how do I brand myself? And for the last year or so, I've 
kind of been branding others, promoting other services, took a step back from my own self brand. And so taking her deep dive, the personality test, it was spot on and not just in my business, but my who I am and why I am who I am. And then to see as a marketing person, she right there could develop the marketing plan. Now it took her two weeks, you know, a week, and then you follow up with her and then you see what she came up with. And then she even showed me some of the other people and their personality traits and maybe why advertising or SEO is better for them. And so it was really like eye opening to see, to brand myself and to do that through video and events. It's crazy that, well, that's what I do and so, that I had well, been you know I think that's the classic, and we've talked about this before on the show, I think that's the classic um, shoemaker's children not having shoes. And to have a fresh set of eyes looking at your business and looking at you and saying, okay, you suck at this, but you're good at this, so let's, let's exploit that. Um, I think is, is always, it's always a good idea to have that. It's not criti it's, it's constructive criticism, Absolutely. especially if you get someone who isn't emotionally attached to your business, who, um, understands what your goals are. And most importantly, I think that you will listen to, cause I know there are a, a lot of people, I don't know, Ashley, if you run into this, but I don't listen to a lot of people. I don't like other people's opinions very often oh but I do have accountability partners who quite honestly scare the crap out of me and that's why I do it you know yeah. um or that's why I do what they what they tell me to do so I think I think all of those elements kind of come together and as a business owner you need that to grow you so bring up a really good point I'm huge on personal development. Um, some people that follow me know that I, I respect, I love personal development. I actually don't read fiction at all. I'll watch a movie or, you know, get into fiction. I just don't read it. And you bring up exactly, that was a video that I did the other day was constructive criticism versus destructive. Yes, I remember that video. That was a great video. I mean, it, it came from all this where I love constructive criticism and I learned from it. And I heard somebody else say that um, I'm in permanent beta, as in I'm always evolving, making improvements. And so taking constructive criticism is coming from accountability partners and people that have the right intentions were destructive. They're out to see you, you fail and see, you know, fall flat on your face and their intentions really are to hurt you. And so those ones I don't accept, but I take constructive criticism very well. On to the end of our podcast, but I would like some resources from you. What are the top three resources that make your life a hell of a lot easier? I would say Asana. I okay. use it for project management. I use HubSpot currently for my CRM and follow-up. It's free. As far as my follow-up clients, for campaigns, Infusionsoft, um, I would recommend. So that's a little different than a MailChimp or Constant Contact. I'm saying for when you're getting into nurture and reaction-based follow-ups, Infusionsoft would be my go-to. Coming down to our favorite segment besides the free things, rapid fire questions. Are you ready, Michelle? I'm nervous. Name of your biography. Why I delegate. Uh, what is your biggest addiction? personal development. That no, so that's bad. lame. Uh, so it, it really is. Okay. My addiction. I like wine. If Perfect. you want something like, like that type of addiction, definitely wine. Sarah, you're up. Three traits that a successful entrepreneur needs in your opinion. Determination for sure. Drive kind of goes hand in hand. 
and self-reflection. Last question. What fashion trend do you just not get? Mama shorts. Mom shorts? <laughs> Wait, can I just request that we ask that question to the next guy that comes on? I'm and here sure. I am sitting on my couch in my fucking yoga pants. By the way, you've got free things to oh, give away. Yes. Oh, I do. Don't Every forget. Time. I retempt. So, Michelle, what are you giving away to the audience this week? I am giving away a thousand free business cards. If you already have your business card um, and you like the design, then that's fine. And we can replicate that. Um, if you need a little help with the design and the format, that's okay too. Excellent. And I love that giveaway. It's so, so like, good. And they're good quality. In order to win these thousand customized business cards, make sure you hashtag I listened and the name of the episode, which is number four. Uh, anyway, so if you're going to hashtag, make sure you hashtag I listened, the name of the podcast, and the episode number, which is number four with Michelle McNabb. So thank you very much for joining us on the Successfully Yay. Screwed Podcast. I am your extrovert, Ashley Owens. I am your introvert, Sarah Rosenberg. Stay successful, stay screwed, and stay tuned.